This is a Patty Never production. Episode 1 of Curated Comedy. This week featuring Dr. Katz, professional therapist, and his silly friends. If you have good taste in comedy, we need you to be a producer of the show. Share your talent with us and send your favorite audio clips to Patrick at pattynever.com. Email in the show notes. Enjoy the show. Kevin Nealon on his relationship with his son. My wife is totally lucid. She is um, 18 years younger than me. Right. And my son is uh, 53 years younger than me. Wow. Yeah. In fact, my, I came into my son's bedroom the other day and he, uh, he looked sad. I said, what's the matter, buddy? Because I don't really know his name because I'm never home. Right. He said, um, you know, I'm 10 now and you're 63. When I'm 20, you're going to be 73. When I'm 30, you're going to be 83. Now, mind you, I'm impressed with his math, but I know where he's going with this. He said, yeah. you're not going to be around for a lot of my life. You know, there's kids in my, in my grade, their parents are in their 30s. And I said, that doesn't mean anything, buddy. That's no guarantee. They could die in a fiery car crash tomorrow, you know, or a murder-suicide. Nobody, you know, there's no guarantee. So I just kissed him on the forehead and said, you have a good night. We'll talk about it in the morning. Kevin Nealon on meeting his wife. I met her at a costume party one Halloween. Right. She actually came as a slinky. That was her costume. <laughs> I thought that was kind of creative, you know. I'd never seen that before. But I remember the first time I saw her, she was coming down the stairs. And I thought, wow, she's good. And she was taking two at a time, too. Incredible. Bob Saget and Dr. Katz shoot the breeze. Hey, how old are your daughters? 30, 30, 27, 24. You could have just had one. I can't add those numbers quickly. But you could have just had one kid that old. I could have. It's a a hundred-year-old person. Great idea. Bob Saget and Dr. Katz shoot more of the breeze. I think you're just a couple years older than me. I'm not sure. I'm 70 years old. No, you're not. Celsius. Have you ever said Celsius before in reference to numbers? I've said colder than a witch's tit Celsius. Which I have experienced. I have met women in Canada, and uh, they were green. And those witches' tits, they be cold. And you got to warm the nipples, and the only way to do that is to buff them. Uh, like you would, say, you know, if you're in the airport, you see someone shining a shoe. It's the same thing. You have a, you take a witch's tit, you put it on that buffer thing, you get a rag, and you just buff that nipple. Buff, buff it up and get it nice and fiery hot. And by the way, they thank you later. Bob, it sounds like you got a song there. Yeah, colder than a witch's tit, buff it up and thank me later. You got to have some good chewing tobacco when you sing that. Yeah, yeah it's a little folksy or, or maybe um, Delta Blues. That's my airline. Erica Rhodes on How Marriage Happens. Yeah, so are, are you seeing anyone now? Yeah, but, you know, we break up all the time. It's like, is this normal to break up every other week? And then I was like, well, maybe, you know, maybe most relationships are just really long breakups, you know, like you just keep on breaking up over and over and over. And then marriage is like, oops, we forgot. We forgot to do that last breakup. I'm not really sure why I'm dating him. Um, We don't really have a lot in common, except that we're both in love with him. Erica continues and roasts the vegans woot. Do you, do you ever do online dating? I, I, no. I hear a lot about that. No. I hate it because I feel like th- the thing about those apps is people on there, they're on there because they want to meet other people, you know? Right. And I don't want to meet people who want to meet other people. I want to meet people who don't want to meet other people. And then they meet me who also doesn't want to meet other people. And then 
we fall in love the old fashioned way. You know, we get married and then we have three kids and then we get a divorce and live happily ever after. Researchers say that being married reduces the risk of heart attack or anything exciting, really. Well, that's probably because there's somebody to call 911 for you. So you do you do have friends that you hang out with? Yeah. Yeah, I have. Uh, let's see. I've got this one friend I wanted to get lunch yesterday. She's like, I'm vegan now, though. So I was like, "Uh oh, here we go. Right. And I was like, well, do you want to go to Cafe Gratitude? It's a vegan restaurant in L.A. And she goes, well, I'm also gluten free. So can we go to the juice bar? And I was like, well, how about we just never speak again? Dom Herrera opening up and speaking his truth. Oh, did you want to go dancing tonight? I got a, a tickets to it. It's, it's an all straight male dance club. Like just all straight guys who just want to boogie yeah, and not be judged I, I, by like gay guys or, or women. You know, you just get out there. I mean, yeah, you really just uh, shake a tail feather, as, as we Wait, call it. And what, what, what kind of music do they play? Well, anything you want, you know, like a, like a lot of funkadelic and dance music, you know, house music, uh, out of the house music, picnic music, for, uh, parade stuff, and John Philip Sousa, you know. I don't like the slow songs because I don't like to grind on another guy. But the, uh, you know, I like to just really go wild, my limbs and jumping around like a monkey and I climb up yeah. things and look back, you know, like a Planet of the Apes gaze at people and really fun. Yeah, I think you'll like it. You want to try it? We could Maybe we could stop for coffee. Sweet baby Dom continues. Yeah. You know, we, we should start playing golf. It is so easy a game to play. Have you tried it? No. Doc, all you got to do, believe it or not, first of all, the ball's just sitting there. Right. Right. And then you hit it, and, you know, you hit it a couple hundred yards, big deal. And you hit it near the, the they call it the green or the hole or something. Right. And did you say grape? No, I said grape. I, I specifically heard you say grape. I thought you were announcing fruits to me, various fruits and vegetables. No. Why do I never uh, crave anything that's good for me? I never, I never wake up in the middle of the night and go, babe, we got any kale? Wait, did, did you say babe? Yeah. Who, who yeah, are you babe. talking to in this scenario? I told you I was lonely. <laughs> I oh. call myself babe. Hey, babe, you want to take a bath? Yeah, all right. Andy Richter takes a swing at human nature. Yeah, I try not to hurt the people I love, but that that's all rooted in self-interest because, I mean, it's just it's such a hassle. Most of the motivation of my kindness is is just to keep nuisance to a minimum. Yeah. If I were to really let my hair down, I could be a real shit. Sometimes I let my hair down just because it's let me down. Todd Barry turns it on for his girl. Do, does she like your friends to get along with her friends? I think that's a big deal. It and, is a big deal. I uh, I have met her friends, and I I turn up the charm. What do you turn it up to when you meet her friends? So like on the what. You go up to eight or nine? Well, I guess you're. What do you think it is normally? Well, normally, just a moment to moment, I would say your default mode is like is five. Is five? Yeah. Um, I probably bring it up to six. Toad continues. So, working on the road after so many years, has it changed in some way for you? No, I mean it's still. It's just a lot more travel, like. I'm a little tired right now. I just call one of those noon red-eye flights. Oh. I call all flights the red-eye. It makes me feel like a real businessman. Right. People love telling you they took the red-eye. They're like, oh, yeah, the red-eye's great. You got on the plane at 1 a.m., sit upright for six hours, land in New York at that sweet time, 4.55 in the morning, at work by 8, passed out in the conference room by 8.15, looking for a new job at 8.30. Simply impossible without the red-eye. 
Todd examines coffee shop behavior. What is your idea of a good time? Let's say you're in, your pardon the expression, Milwaukee. You know, you have, you work in two nights there. You have, uh-huh. a, you have a day off. And what, right. what might you do just, just for fun? I like to really dive into the culture. So I, I find the closest good coffee shop to the hotel. Right. I saw a guy actually walk into a coffee shop holding a coffee from a different coffee shop. I could not imagine being that ballsy. Just walking in there going, yeah, well, well, well. Looks like someone else is in the coffee business too, huh? Just like these fine folks across the street. I'll tell you what, they have the best coffee, but good news, you have better tables and chairs. So I'm going to sit down with their superior coffee and use your free Wi-Fi for four hours. Oh, you want to serve me a drink? Love a glass of water. Then I'm going to use your bathroom ten times. Then the big payoff at the end when I ask you to watch my stuff while I go across the street for a refill. Colin Quinn on heart attacks. So let me let me start with something very broad. Like, how are you? Well, I'm I'm okay. I had a uh, heart event, as we like to call it. Right. Nobody wants to call it heart attack anymore. It's been a time of celebration, as you can imagine. I've been reflecting since my heart attack about life and all the aggravations that I immediately realized it's not me that caused my heart attack. It's other people and their personalities. Now it's been confirmed by how people have reacted since the heart attack. With li- things like I told you so. Like um, people telling me how lucky I am. Oh, yeah. That's always good after a heart attack. It was my lucky day as I look at it, you know. I should have played the lottery. Right. Yeah, fantastic. The bromides and the pablum that gets spewed. People telling me tomorrow isn't guaranteed, which I agree, but it is kind of implied that tomorrow will be here. Let's face it. Yeah. I know that I always looked at people with heart attacks as if to say, you know, you're part of the planet. You haven't left yet, but you're obviously not someone we can rely on in the long term. You know, it's got one foot in, one foot out, really, on the waiting list in many ways. Colin Quinn roasts the animal kingdom, absolutely smoked. I just feel that uh, the animal kingdom, and I use the term loosely because I have very little uh, reverence for the animals themselves. First of all, because humans kill for power and greed. Animals just kill because that's their natural instinct. That's more psychotic than killing for power and greed. They don't even have a motive. They just like to kill, yeah. basically. You're saying they, they, you can't even talk your way out. A deer can't throw a bunch of singles at a pack of wolves and go, please, just take the money. They wouldn't even know what it is. They'll probably walk right through it. They think it's leaves or something. And I feel somehow they've uh, usurped us ethically in our culture, and I don't appreciate it. Yeah. Even if we destroyed this planet, at least we tried. We invented computers, planes. Animals have not brought one thing to the table the entire time they've been here. Whatever they arrived with, that's all they had. Languages, artwork, inventions. They haven't come up with a thing since they got here. It's pathetic, and they have no shame about it. They just stand there like we owe them life. We keep trying, failing often, but we're trying. Building buildings, coming up with new construction equipment, and they're still using their paws or their teeth or whatever they build with, you know? And then people go, animals are intelligent. They're not intelligent, let's be honest. And then people go, what about the dolphin? The only time I've seen a dolphin, it's either cackling idiotically with a beach ball on his nose or just jumping up and down mindlessly. That's the valedictorian in the animal kingdom. I guess we have different uh, criteria for intelligence, you know. The only animals I respect, dogs, cats, dogs, because, you know, they're so happy to see you that it would be weird if you didn't love them. When they greet you, it's almost sarcastic, the way they say hello, if you really look at it. They're so happy, it makes you feel bad about what you've achieved in life. You're like, okay, I'm not Elon Musk, let's take it down a notch, you know. Yeah. The the interesting thing about cats is how we react to cats. Cats are unfriendly, they 
kill over a billion small birds and mammals every year. They're the most prolific predator of any animal in, in North America. Exactly. And yet there are pets. We let it all slide just because you like that feeling when they rub against your leg. That's their one move. Yeah. And that just shows how little physical pleasure there is on this wretched planet that we keep trying to say that we'll allow a genocide in front of our eyes just for that feeling. Dr. Katz visits his therapist. What's on your mind? Well, I may have mentioned, mentioned this to you, but when I was 16, my mom died. I know. That was tough. A car accident? Uh, no, actually, she, she smoked three packs of camels for 30 years, died in November, and, and smoked for another month. Oof. It's a nasty habit. Mine isn't that bad. I'm definitely going to quit when I'm dead. Do you mind if I smoke? I don't. You know, I just I just hope you know about the risks involved. I do know. I, I'm very okay. aware. But it's worth it for you, I'm guessing. It helps me relax. Obviously, you know, as a psychiatrist, it takes the place of, you know, my mother's breast, I guess. Yeah. Or something. You know, the um, nurturing part of side of it. Right. Well, I'm kind of feeding myself, the... I guess. Louis Anderson struggles with his laundry. Well, you know, I like to wash my own clothes. I picked up a pair of my underwear and I, I raised them up and I went, oh my God, are these my underwear? Because I don't think you realize how big your underwear are yeah. when you're putting them on. But when I held them up and the, all the light went out of the room, I just know this, you know, if I get one more X on my clothing, I'm next year's Super Bowl. Laura Silverman and David Mama try to out-Jew-joke each other. I have some good Jewish jokes. Oh, could I hear them? Right now, as I was just kind of, I was just going to leave, but okay, let's see. There's a, a group of Jewish women at a restaurant, and the waiter comes up and he says, is anything okay? What about this? What about this? These two old Jews, they're golfing. One of them says, wait a second, why does every joke have to be two old Jews? Why does it have to be two old Jews? So the other guy says, okay, there are these two Episcopalians, right? And one of them says, are you going home for Simcha's Torah? All right, here you go. This is supposedly a true story that happened between Walter Matthau and his wife, by the way. There's this old couple, and uh, and they're, they're going on a tour of Auschwitz. They get in a terrible fight, and uh, they aren't speaking the whole time. Yeah. And when they get back on the bus, he says, you were right, and I was wrong, and I'm sorry. And she yeah. says, oh, you're sorry now that you've ruined Auschwitz for me. Well, do you know why Hitler killed himself? Why? He got his gas bill. Oh, God. This kid comes home from Jewish day school. Yeah. And he says, Mommy, Mommy, I got a, I got a part in the play. I got the part of the Jewish husband. Yeah. And she says, you march back to that school and you tell them you want a speaking role. More jokes but less about Jews this time. I figure rather than making up new jokes, I'll just take old jokes and improve them. Right. I'm working on it. I think I've improved it. Okay. So the old joke is there's two guys. There's a knock on the door. One guy says, the invisible man is here. Other guy says, tell him I can't see him. <laughs> That's an old joke. Yeah. I think we got to update it. So yeah. I thought about this. One guy says, the invisible man is here. Other guy says, tell him to go fuck himself. I see where you're going with it. Yeah, thank you. I think maybe a couple, few more passes and you'll be there. A few more passes? This is my favorite joke of all time. Okay. All right. Guy comes home, he's got a sheep under his arm, and he goes, this is the pig I gotta fuck when you're not around. And his wife goes, that's a sheep. And he says, I wasn't talking to you. 
We will finish today's episode with the entire David Mamet segment because his voice will tickle your funny places. Uh, dude, how are you? Why do you ask? Well, because I was I was raised to have a lot of empathy. As I have my sister is an albino, and so she had to put up with a lot of difficulties growing up. And to cheer her up, we took her skiing. We lost her in the snow, and so every spring we have to go back when the snow melts. We'll go back to Sun Valley and and look for her. Does that answer your question? Yeah, I, yeah, you sure. Dr. Katz, David Mamet is here. You you can send him in now, please. David, how are you? I'm okay. Yourself? You know, things are good. Life is complex. You know, but how so? Well, I'm always second guessing choices I've made. Like what? I don't know, David. I I had so many dreams when I was younger, and none of them involved therapy. Right. You know, I wanted to be a cowboy, a professional musician. I'm sorry. Uh-huh. I'm sorry, David. We should be talking about you. Well, I'm happy to listen to you uh, as long as you're paying me. Uh, David, you know, I, I was a late bloomer with women. Uh, uh-huh. my, my wedding night with Roz, I had no experience. And our wedding night, I tried to inflate her. I bet she enjoyed it. Well, women are complicated. Well, so is astrophysics, but the world still goes around. Uh, you know, it's good to see you, David, but I have to ask you, what brings you back here after so many years? What seems like I need to have my oil changed, so to speak. Well, if you're talking about a tune-up, I would like to, you know, with your permission, to rotate your tires. You know, it's funny you should say that, because I was just reading about a guy who worked at Jiffy Lube 25 years, and every summer he put his mittens on his feet. You know, I think we could talk about this guy, but I think you're just avoiding talking about yourself, which is... Well, I'm still struggling with the same issues I had, and I've got some new ones. Well, that's great. Uh, I mean, you know, wherever you want to start, I mean... This is what I think. I've been seeing you off and on for more than 20 years, and I see no indication of what any sane person would call progress. Well, that that's fair enough, but l- let's pretend for a minute that I'm a world-renowned violinist, and you have asked me why you can't achieve, mm-hmm. achieve the same vibrato you had when you were younger. Uh, okay, ask you ask you what? You know, just what I said. Um. Okay, blah, 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 when I was younger. So what's he really like? Who? Dr. Katz. I have no idea. I hope somebody says that about me one day. Hey, um, can you do me a favor? You bet I'd love to. All right. Um, do you mind covering the phone while I'm out? I guess not sure. No, no, of course, of course, yeah. Oh, great. Okay, well, you just have to say, Dr. Katz's office, please hold, and just leave him. I can do that. All right. I'll be back in, like, 20, 20, 80 minutes. Well, you know, actually, this is really good for me because I'm working on this idea. It'll give me some time to work on it. Oh, good. And in fact, I could I could use your help. Oh, yeah, well, I was I just on my way out, but... I'm working on this great idea, but I think I put myself <clears throat> into a corner because all I have so far... Is a title. Okay. It's called I Married an Eskimo by the Duke and Duchess of Windsor. Well, what do you think? Oh, is, do you really need the Duke? Well, that's a good question. I, I, I don't think the Duchess I, actually needed the Duke, but that's right. a different story. You know what? I think it probably needs some jokes. Maybe oh, like yeah. some Jewish jokes. Do you have any? I have some good Jewish jokes. Oh, could I hear them? Right now, as I was just kind of, I was just going to leave, but okay, let's see. There's a, a group of Jewish women at a restaurant and the waiter comes up and he says, 
is anything okay? What about this? What about this? These two old Jews, they're golfing. One of them says, wait a second, why does every joke have to be two old Jews? Why does it have to be two old Jews? So the other guy says, okay, there are these two Episcopalians, right? And one of them says, are you going home for Simcha's Torah? All right, here you go. This is supposedly a true story that happened between Walter Matthau and his wife, by the way. There's this old couple, and uh, and they're, they're going on a tour of Auschwitz. They get in a terrible fight, and uh, they aren't speaking the whole time. Yeah. And when they get back on the bus, he says, you were right, and I was wrong, and I'm sorry. And she yeah. says, oh, you're sorry now that you've ruined Auschwitz for me. Well, do you know why Hitler killed himself? Why? He got his gas bill. Oh, God. This kid comes home from Jewish day school. Yeah. And he says, Mommy, Mommy, I got a, I got a part in the play. I got the part of the Jewish husband. Yeah. And she says, you march back to that school and you tell them you want a speaking role. Oh, th- this is one thing I wanted to try with you, which I don't think we, we've tried so many things in the world of therapy. We've tried hypnotism. Yeah. We've considered shock therapy that we've never done any gets very good results with some of my other patients, which is role playing. So, oh, let's try that. Okay. Who would you like to be? I know you hear this all the time. Okay. Yeah. I'd, I'd like to be St. Anthony of Padua. Okay. you, you st- and, and I'm going to be Christopher from The Sopranos. Okay, good. You go first. Should I, should I start? Yeah. What the fuck is going on here? Chris, you look around. Padua used to be a place where a fella could walk down the street, he'd get a cannoli, and, you know, people respected his right to be an individual, irrespective of be they white, be they black, be they whoever. Hey, shut the fuck up or I will whack you. I'll whack you right here on the block. I don't care who's watching. I'll get a pistol whip you, and then I'm going to whack you. And and then I'm gonna pistol whip you again. Oh jeez, oh jeez, oh jeez. I'm like I'm like weep, weep, weep. Oh, we must tell the king. Wait, wait here while I go up to the palace. You call that dump a palace? I thought you were gonna suggest past lives therapy. Oh, past lives. I thought you said past wives. Oh no, God forbid. Can we try past lives therapy? I've never used it myself, but I'd like to give it a shot if if you're if you're up for it. So can I be George Washington? Can I be George Washington? Yeah. So I'm going to be George Washington today, right? Okay. Yes. Okay. I am so fucking dead. I'm like fucking. I've been dead. I've been dead for 220 years. It's like I. I, I it's like it's like sitting on a cloud, you know, playing yeah. stupid music on a harp. Uh, I'm dead. David, you you know how what George Washington said to his men before he crossed the Delaware? Get in the boat. I figure rather than making up new jokes, I'll just take old jokes and improve them. Right. I'm working on it. I think I've improved it. Okay. So the old joke is, there's two guys. There's a knock on the door. One guy says, the invisible man is here. Other guy says, tell him I can't see him. <laughs> That's an old joke. Yeah. I think we got to update it. So yeah. I thought about this. One guy says, the invisible man is here. Other guy says, tell him to go fuck himself. I see where you're going with it. Yeah, thank you. I think maybe a couple, few more passes and you'll be there. A few more passes? This is my favorite joke of all time. Okay. All right. Guy comes home. He's got a sheep under his arm and he goes, this is the pig I got to fuck when you're not around. And his wife goes, that's a sheep. And he says, I wasn't talking to you. I'm really glad to be here, but I've been troubled by, uh, I guess that's why a lot of people come here, right? 
Well, yeah. I mean, it's probably not a great place to come, but yeah. Well, you know, theoretically. It's good for the money. But then I started thinking, you know, I started casting my mind back over my relationships over the years, some good, some bad, some intimate, some less intimate. And I realized all over the world, people are people are basically the same. Yeah, awful. They're assholes, yeah. Yeah, terrible. Just no, awful. They're thoughtless fucking swine. Yeah. yeah. You're not you're you're not so bad. Yeah. I had you pegged wrong. Hey, and by the way, thanks for uh, taking over. I'll be back in like a hour, hour and a half. Well, whatever. Take your time. Because when I come back, I'm looking forward. I get to go and see Dr. Katz and talk dirty about my mother. Oh, yeah, I know. I listen. I do remember that, that you had a basic mistrust of technology. No, that's true. But we, we, we installed a security camera in my house. That's not a bad idea. But unfortunately, we got the kind that came with the security cameramen. Oh, geez. Yeah, and the problem is a lot of these guys are union and they're criminals. Hey, let me ask you what, what it is about technology that really torments you, because I'm not quite sure I understand that. Well, the thing about technology that torments me is, you know, I don't, I don't use a computer. I don't use a typewriter. I write with a stylus on a clay tablet, but I hate technology. Yeah. So I was in a hotel room recently, for example, I got a message. So I entered the voicemail system. It said, to hear your message, press one. To save your message, press two. To delete your message, press three. I pressed three. It said, you've chosen to delete your message. To confirm your decision, press one. So I pressed one. It said, you've chosen to confirm your decision to delete your message. Should you choose to reclaim your message within the next 24 hours, press two. So with this, I panicked. I said, maybe they know something I don't know. So I pressed two. It said, you've reclaimed your message. To hear your message, press one. To save your message, press two. Am I boring you? No, no, no. I'm sorry. I just was, I just drifted off for a second. So you, you were caught in some kind of voicemail maze, which is, I, I can't think, I can't think of anything more frustrating, but um, the idea that it inhibits your, you in any way from traveling or, or from using technology, I think that's, that's where you might run into trouble because, you know, technology, it, it, technology is not, yeah. it's something that can save lives. It can make, make people's lives better. Well, oh, you know what? Yeah. I was reading where scientists in Toronto been able to successfully implant the heart of an artificial baboon into an adult male previously incapable of empathy. Hey, did you know in 10 years, elephants will be extinct? So you better stock up now. It's hard to believe, but I actually, it's not that hard to believe. It's just hard to fathom. The thing about elephants is, you know, why they're becoming extinct is their their habitats are disappearing. People are closing zoos. You know, I, I try not to watch the news. I, I believe that we are raping the planet. Well, you know that that's true because the planet is incapable of giving its consent. This has been a Patty Never production. We hope you enjoyed episode one of Curated Comedy featuring Dr. Katz and Friends. Subscribe to the Patty Never Knew Nothing podcast for more curated comedy episodes each week. If you have good taste in comedy, we need you to be a producer of the show. Share your talent with us and send your favorite audio clips to Patrick at pattynever.com. Email in the show notes.